are back. We are, friend. We're back. And on a Wednesday. Yes. It is Wednesday. It is. It's beautiful. Such nice weather today. Mm hmm Why can't it always be like this? Well, it wouldn't be the valley. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, what's going on with you? Anything new? No. Nothing new. Everything's good. God bless. How about you? No. We're all good. I know. That younger one is driving. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, temporary driving. So he's got his permit. That's always something. You know what, though? He's very cautious. Which is good. Was the oldest? Chris mostly drove with him, but I remember him being pretty cautious. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. He will do so good. Yeah. He's a very responsible young man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, He's a doll. And he gets on us when we... Oh. Whenever we don't do something. Yeah, Mom, that's nice. You didn't turn on your turn signal. How many times do we really even turn it on? You know, I don't really turn it on, I'm going to be honest. Mom, if there was a funeral procession coming. Oh. <laughs> do you know what you're supposed to do? I'm like, I believe I do. Yeah. <laughs> I wait. <laughs> I'm not sure there's many of those anymore. Every once in a while. But you know what? Sometimes we'll see them because um, that that funeral parlor opened up oh, next yeah. to A.M.P.M. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while. I'm, I'm disturbed that we call them funeral parlors. Is that not the right no, term? No, I think it is. Okay. When I think of parlor, I think of having tea or... Oh, okay, okay, okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Probably. No. See, I think of like a hair parlor. Oh, yeah. I think of that when I hear the word. So maybe it's just where you get that service. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and your pup's doing better. Yeah, her face is doing better. She her is. Whole, her whole body's doing better. It's starting to recover. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's an old thing. But yeah. she's my girl. She is. Oh, the ear. <laughs> that's all she's going to do. Yeah, that's it. She doesn't care. Yeah. But yeah, everything's fine. Good. 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 Do you want to start us in prayer? Sure. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me to be with you. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study your word and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. Amen. Amen. There you go. Okay, so we are continuing on with 1 Kings. We're going to be essentially covering chapters 8 through 10. Okay. So let's recap chapters 2 through 7. Solomon was taking care of business as king. He had Adoniah, Joab, and Shammai killed, so they didn't threaten his reign. But the priest, Abiathar, was spared. Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom, and the Lord also provided him with riches and a long life. uh, We learned about the two prostitutes and their babies. Yes. King Hiram of Tyre sent some of his men to assist Solomon in building the temple. The temple was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, 45 feet high, and completed in seven years. And then we also got, um, we learned about the cherubim in the inner sanctuary 
and their dimensions, and they were overlaid with gold. Goodness. Beautiful. Yeah. And then uh, King Solomon's palace took 13 years to build. More than the temple. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to recap? No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Yes. The Ark of the Covenant was moved by the priests from the tabernacle to the temple. And Amy, if you wouldn't mind reading 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 6 through 7, and then also 10 through 11, please. Okay. Then the priests carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the Ark, forming a canopy over the Ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. So sorry I read more. That's okay. I'll keep reading. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. I love that. Oh, could you imagine I do that? Too. Mm. You know, we we think about him being that little little thing. Mm -hmm. And remember it would show, go up when they needed to get going and down and yes. now his whole presence yes. filled it. Amazing. Gosh. Uh, were there any notes you wanted to go over? Um, I have a couple. Mm -hmm. The first one is, why is there so much emphasis on the temple of the Old Testament? That has to do with just the parallel one. Oh, okay. Chronicles. I, I can wait to say that. Okay, yeah. And was yeah. there anything, anything for First Kings? Okay, so I have, what was the difference between the tabernacle and the temple? And why did the Israelites change from one to the other? As a tent, the tabernacle was a portable place of worship designed for the people as they were traveling toward the promised land. The temple was a permanent place to worship God after the Israelites were at peace in their land. To bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple signified God's actual presence there. Love that. Was there anything else for that section? I don't have anything else. Okay, so let's move on to the parallel verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1-14. through 14. We get a little bit more detail, as we usually do yes. in Chronicles, but essentially it's the same. Yep. Um, we do. They do add that the the Levite musicians performed and they gave thanks to the Lord. Um, and then, verse thirteen. In part, it said, "I just love this. He is good. His faithful love endures forever." And then the cloud of the Lord filled the temple. Oh, oh. love that. Yes. And then, did you want to go over that note? I did. It says, "Why is there so much emphasis on the temple of the Old Testament?" First, it was a symbol of religious authority. It was God's way of centralizing worship at Jerusalem in order to ensure the correct, that correct belief would be kept intact through many generations. It was a symbol of God's holiness. It was a symbol of God's covenant with Israel, a symbol of forgiveness. It prepared the people for the Messiah, 
In the New Testament, Christ said he came to fulfill the law, not destroy it. Hebrews 8, 1 through 12 and 9, 11, 12 used temple customs to explain what Christ did when he died for us. So they could understand, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was a testimony to human effort and creativity. And it was a place of prayer. In the temple, people could spend time in prayer to God. Right. You can imagine when it says that his presence filled that temple. Like, mm -hmm. I think of... I mean, I think about Moses and him tucking him into that oh, crevice. Yeah. And, like, it had to be overwhelmed, like, breathtaking. Like, take your breath away. Like, I think of his holiness billowing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. No. And, and that God right there is the one we have today. Mm -hmm. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. He is still that awesome. And when we're long gone. Yeah, and when we're long gone, this is going to be the same book. Yeah. Ah, oh, I just think of that like, I don't know. It's just make my heart, you know. And But, I mean, even, like, if you go way back, like, to this, whatever, 1700s, 1800s, same God. Same God. It's all, he's never changed, and that's why we can count on him and his promises to us. Mm -hmm. Never. It's the same today, tomorrow, and always. And, and man, we can't say that. No. We're all going to be, you know, circumstances come up, whatever, and things change. But this is who, that's why they say don't look to man. Look to him. Yes. I just thought I, I loved that. Oh, did you have more notes for there? Let's see. I don't. That's all I had. How about you? Let's see. Let's see. Um, partly in the note, it said, the Levites praised God when these priests emerged from the holy place because they then knew God had accepted this new home for the ark. Mm. So they just knew. Like, everything yeah. was how it should be. Yeah. Like, he validated. Yes. Yep, you did it. Okay. Yeah. And then the other note I had, the first service at the temple began with honoring God and acknowledging his presence and goodness. In the same way, our worship should begin by acknowledging God's love. Praise God first, then you'll be prepared to present your needs to him. Recalling God's love and mercy will inspire you to worship him daily. Psalm 107 is an example of how David recalled God's enduring love. Yes. And we went over Psalm 107. Yeah. But um, that's... It's important to remember that. Praise God first. Yes. And you know, David did some horrific things. Yeah. yeah. But he was forgiven and, you know, it's a fine example of how you can get carried away with your sin. But he was forgiven, yeah. you know. Okay, so moving on to 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 12 through 21. Solomon prayed and praised the Lord now that the temple was complete. Anything for there? Um, I do. I have one. For 480 years after Israel's escape from Egypt, God did not ask his people to build a temple for him. Instead, he emphasized the importance of his presence among them and their need for spiritual leaders. It is easy to think of a building as the focus of God's presence and power, 
but God chooses and uses people to do his work. Building or enlarging our place of worship may be necessary, but it should never take priority over developing spiritual leaders. I liked that a lot. Like when you're going to a church, be sure the focus isn't on how big we can make this. That's very important to remember. Yeah. Because it, it does seem like it would happen pretty easily yes. where people maybe just get carried away and they lose focus. They do. And our the church I go to has grown. It's probably doubled. However, when you are, they offer every week you hear the gospel mm -hmm. and... One thing that I admire about them, no matter how big they get, you take this class on learning about becoming a member of a church, mm -hmm. and that you have to take that class and meet with an elder. Um, like the elders will take you out to eat or come to your home before you join. Because mm -hmm. it's a very serious thing, and you've got to answer questions, you know. Now, would you mind explaining what what does that mean? Because a lot of people, or yeah. like me, I mean, probably just think, well, you just go to church. Like, what I does think, that mean? I think being a member is the people at your church or your family. You don't just show up on Sunday, then go home. You serve the Lord. You don't have to become bared down with everything, but it takes everybody to run God's worship, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and if God has given you a talent, you donate your time with that talent. Mm -hmm. To me, you if you need if you're in need, mm -hmm. they're there for you. I think they'd be there for anyone who isn't also a member. But I think that you're committing yourself to be a vessel for Christ in my eyes that's okay. how I look at it okay and I'm here to serve him not I'm not here to serve the pastor mm -hmm. he's only telling us a story in this yeah. but I'm not worshiping him yeah you know and I think that and I'm not putting anybody's church down or anything but if you're at a church where it's about the pastor mm -hmm. my pastor I think they've been he's been a pastor for over 30 years and I bet you, I'm sure people know him, but it's not like you, I could say, like I could say a certain name right now to you and you know who it is. Mm -hmm. They're on TV, they're oh yeah yeah this and that, that and this, or they're in, been in this area and whatever, they're in the news here, but I wouldn't want to be at that church. And maybe yeah. that's okay, but not for me. I just like a traditional you know, it's interesting because I think about that sometimes. So you have like the big name pastors that are on yeah. TV. And on one hand, I think, is that not, this is going to sound bad. I may cut it out. But like, are they too big for their britches? Yeah. Like, are, are they not really serving God? Are they serving more themselves? But then on the other hand, I think, you know, people... Maybe pe this is how people find God is through seeing someone like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they've been used to send people to get them to start having questions about him. Because we know in Romans 8, 28, he makes everything work for the good of his name. Yeah. So you're, I think you're, I agree with you. Maybe they were there to just get a ball rolling. Yeah. Even the big, big church here, Peoples, yeah. G.L. Johnson used to be the pastor, and he was a faithful man. Mm -hmm. I 
I don't know if they were ever on TV then. I don't know. Maybe they were. But I can tell you, for me, he was a great man. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about him. Yeah. But humanly, that has to be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine not getting boastful or anything. Yes. We're only human, you know, uh, but I guess that's the process of being refined by him. I mean, humanly, you would probably think your ego would get boosted a little bit. Like, oh, hey, yeah, people like what I have to... It becomes more I yeah. and not God. Right. I don't Absolutely. know. Like, And also that documentary we watched oh, yeah. on that church. I don't, I don't even remember the name, but... It was on different churches. Well, there was one on one church and then about the prophetic churches. Well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I was talking about that other one, though. Okay. On the single the single church. Yeah. I, on what? Same thing. I, You know, I think on one hand, they have a point. Like, maybe this isn't the way to go. But then on the other hand, who's to say, you know, a lot of people didn't find the Lord that way. Yeah. I don't. I, who's to say? Only God. Yeah. I can tell you. I served at our church in the, the kitchen for many, many years because I feel I could probably handle that cooking. And one at one point, I had to, had to really pray thinking, am I doing this for the glory of myself? Mm -hmm. And I really was concerned. Okay. Like, am I doing this for someone to say, oh, Amy, you cook so good. Oh, Amy, that was great. And oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm. That would have been, I'm not doing it for the work of Christ. Mm. I'm getting, wanting a pat. And I had a talk with my one of my good friends, and she said, Amy, people who work in kitchens, and it kind of is the truth, no one's ever saying thank you, this or that, which I wouldn't want. Yeah. But try to change it around and think, you know, what... Write down, why am I doing this? Mm. And you'll come up with your answer. And I felt so much comfort at doing that because I don't want it to be about me. Right. And just us asking those questions shows, mm. you know, where our heart really is. Yeah. yeah. I think, and this is just my opinion. This is just me. I think the ones that maybe you really do need to look out for are the ones that are constant, like on TV soliciting money all the time amen the ones that are like you know god will cure this and this but you need to send in twenty dollars yeah. or whatever that to me me too that's wicked it is that's it's horrible. evil if it's not of god it's it's demon mm. and if you go to a church i don't know i shouldn't be saying if you go to a church but Churches that are like, hey, if you want to give, you can do it online. Mm -hmm. Or there's something in the back if you want to drop it. Yeah. You know, they might have their, their it correct. And because we all know, even at a church, that God is going to provide. Mm -hmm. Are our wants going to be met? Probably not. But our needs sure will. Yeah. And that shouldn't be the focus. That mm -hmm. should be a quiet thing, you know? Yeah. And those are two very different things, wants and needs. Oh. Like, and I don't, like, for a church, I don't know. But let's just use, for example, something very basic. Maybe do, you know, do they want new pews? 
Right. Sure. Do they need new pews? Yeah. No. The no. ones they the ones that are there are probably fine. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But it was interesting that documentary oh, because yeah. it was they they touched upon being emotionally manipulated. Yeah. And I guess I never thought about it that way. Oh. I was like, well, that isn't that's an interesting take. You know, even children's parents can emotionally manipulate. Anybody could emotionally manipulate. There's a movie yeah. that's old, 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 and I wish I could remember the name of it. These people got married. If anybody knows the name of this, please put it, let me know, because I want to watch it again. Okay. It's old, black and white, I believe. <clears throat> they got married, and he mentally manipulated her to where she to make her think she was crazy and think that she is seeing things oh it was such a good show i'll never forget it i watched it young and i was like (laughs) you know but think about even prostitutes with their (laughs) what do you call them their i'm not not, sure where you're going with this they're pimp oh they're pimps they believe he's good for them yeah well how yeah and i'm not meaning to be gross but right. it's just a fact sure people get manipulated all the time that's so sad but i was just thinking you know because they were really downing on this documentary they were really kind of dismissing the music and how they're tr- they're trying to be manipulative with the music and i'm not saying they're wrong i don't know but it's like well, what if the music's doing someone really good and they find the lord that way i don't know i don't know what we do know is his plan is perfect. If she is one that is predestined to go to heaven, be a child of God, it will come. Yeah. Okay, we're moving on to Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. That's the parallel verse. Yes. I, I found it to be essentially the same. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Were there any notes? I didn't even have a note. I did have one little note. Okay. Sorry. When you stand or kneel in church or at prayer, make your actions more than mere forms prescribed by tradition. Let them indicate your love for God. Okay, friend. I'm moving on. First Kings, chapter eight, verses twenty-two through fifty-three. Solomon prayed before the altar of the Lord, and then, um, you know, it was his prayer, and it's it's kind of a longer one. Did anything stand out? To you in there um on kings 8 36 36 it okay. says um then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your servants your people israel teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession the other part was um 45 hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause how about you uh i had that one and then i had um let's see 29 and 30 well mostly 30 may you always hear the prayers i make towards this place may you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people israel when we pray toward this place yes hear us from heaven where you live and when you hear forgive yeah I liked that, too. That's all I had highlighted. But okay. the whole thing is really it's good. It's beautiful. It is. Okay. Were there any notes for there? I had a couple. Okay. First, um, regarding 827, 
In his prayer of dedication, Solomon declared that even the highest heavens cannot contain God. Isn't it amazing that, though the heavens can't contain God, he is willing to live in the hearts of those who love him? Then the God of the universe takes up residence in his people. I love. He gave us the Holy Spirit, that's for sure. That's yeah. I love that. And then um, I had another one. It said, The Old Testament records many wars, but we should not conclude that war was Israel's first duty. After subduing the evil people, Israel was to become a light to the surrounding nations. Sadly, Israel's own sin and spiritual blindness prevented them from reaching out to the rest of the world with God's love. Reaching out to the world is still the commission of God's people today. Christians need to take every opportunity to speak, spread God's love to the wor world. Mm -hmm. oh, that. Yeah. How about you? Anything? No, that was, was about it. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, and then moving on to Second Chronicles uh, chapter 6, verses 12 through 42, the parallel verse... Essentially the same? Yeah. Okay. All right. Any notes for there? Uh, yeah, I have one. It said, he wants us to turn to him in prayer. When you pray, remember that God hears you. Don't let extremity of your situation cause you to doubt his care for you. That's right. God lost a child, basically. Yeah. His son died. Even though it's the Trinity, I know that's hard to understand, but... If you don't think he knows pain, if you just think about that to yourself, if you're a mother or you're right here and it's stressful and scary, but just reach out to him. And it doesn't have to be on the side of a bed with your hands in prayer. Yeah. We yeah. know that. I don't yeah. know. But um, remember, don't doubt his care for you. No, no. It's just, you wonder, like... How did Jesus dying on the cross, how did that affect God? And, you know, he. I think that, yes, he might have been, I'm sure it hurt at something. I, I can't imagine. We just don't know. We don't know. Yet he sees the whole, remember the Star Wars map I was saying? <laughs> That's he right. He sees the whole thing. Yeah. He, he knew us before we were born. He knows how exactly our life is going to go. Surely if this, if our God knows how many um, pieces of sand are on the, or strings, strands of hair in that's, your head. That's right. We were talking at church on Sunday about the loss of a child and the sadness. And the speaker said, you know, God has lost a child too. Mm -hmm. And I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Are there any other notes for there? Um, I have one, another one. Have you ever felt far from God, separated by feelings of failure and personal problems? In his prayer, Solomon, and Solomon underscored the fact that God stands ready to hear his people, to forgive their sins, and to restore their relationship with him. God is waiting and listening for our confessions of guilt and our recommitment to obey him. He hears us when we pour out our needs and problems to him and is ready to forgive us and restore us to fellowship with him. Don't wait to experience his loving forgiveness. I had one other little note. Yeah. Who has never sinned? The Bible makes it clear that no one is exempt from sin, not even God's appointed kings. 
Sin is a condition we all share and we all should acknowledge it as Solomon did. When we realize we have sinned, we should quickly ask God for forgiveness and restoration. Knowing we have a tendency to sin should keep us close to God, seeking guidance and strength. This truth is also mentioned in Psalm 14.3, Ecclesiastes 7.20, and Romans 3.23. Anything else? No. Okay, so 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 54 through 66. Solomon finished his prayers and blessed the entire congregation of Israel. Anything for there? On 56, just where it said, Not one word has failed all of the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. Amazing. This, the story of Moses, just that by itself, I think you could do a whole lifetime oh. study on Moses. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. It is. And him saying, no, I don't speak good. Um, I do have one note that said, Solomon praised the Lord and prayed for the people. His prayer can be a pattern of our prayers. He had five basic requests. One, for God's presence, for the desire to do God's will in everything, for the desire and ability to obey God's decrees and commands, for help with each day's needs, for the spread of for, and for the spread of God's kingdom to the entire world. These needs are just as important today. When you pray for your church or family, you can make these same requests. I love that. I highlight, highlighted those. Yeah. Five basic requests in mm. prayer. For God's presence, for the desire to do God's will in everything, for the desire and ability to obey God's decrees and commands, for help with each day's needs, and for the spread of God's kingdom to the entire world. Mm -hmm. I love that it, in number four there, for help with each day's needs. Mm -hmm. Like not getting too far ahead of yourself. Yeah. Just each day. Each day. Okay, and then the, the parallel verse, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, we get a bit more detail at the uh, beginning of the chapter. And Amy, if you wouldn't mind reading verses 1 through 3, please. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices, and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, he, His faithful love endures forever. Keep going. Uh, no, that okay. was it. That was it. Oh. Amazing. Fire flashed down yeah. from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. You just can't imagine being there. I'm still not over the presence. The oh. the I I did a study by Sproul or Sprawl, the holiness of God. Did you do that with me? I don't think so. And he talks about um I don't think it's this, it's another thing about him, like, just like, I just can't imagine not falling face down. Like, that would, like, what is the best thing you can think that could happen to you? Boom. Yeah. To feel his presence like that, and we can feel his presence. Yeah. And I don't know why I think, oh, this one was better. I don't know. I don't know. Do you feel that way too? Like, oh, well, this one's a little different. 
I guess I never thought about it that way, Amy. It's more extravagant. I don't know. It's more flashy. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. Like, I don't know, but I'm just thinking like, and you know, he still performs miracles. If someone mm-hmm. thought of this as a miracle, like this, that coming down, like the beauty of that, the, I don't know, the awe. Mm. Anyway. And you're right. I, You know, I'm just thinking about what you said. Yeah. Because it, it seems so um, just amazing when you read about that. Like, oh, the present, though, he, yeah. the presence was there. It's like, oh, we, well, have, we have that. Yeah. But maybe because ours is inside. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we want our eyes to see that. I don't know. It might be. Yeah. We just want our eyes to physically see that billowing you can just see it like the most beautiful cloud forming like at the coast when they crash down you know yes, what i'm saying yes anyway any notes for there um no i don't have a note for that okay how about you um no i do not okay moving to first kings chapter 9 verses 1 through 9 the lord appeared to solomon a second time and responded to Solomon's prayers. Oh, no, I did write it down. Okay, Okay, we are going to read chapter 9, verses 3 through 9. Let me get there. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your petition. I have set this temple apart to be holy, the place you have built where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you follow me with integrity and godliness... As David, your father, did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever. For I made this promise to your father, David. One of your descendants will always sit on the throne of Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the commands and decrees I have given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot Israel from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make Israel an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled and will shake their heads in amazement. They will ask, why did the Lord do such terrible things to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be because his people abandoned the Lord their God who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and they worshipped other gods instead and bowed down to them. That is why the Lord has brought all these disasters on them. So Beautiful. that was the Lord's response yes, to Solomon. Yes, Yep. He let him know. For sure. I don't have any notes on that. Do you? I do not. Yeah. I do not. Yeah. So let's go to the parallel verse, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 22. Did you notice anything different there? Um, I had one note on that one. It said, um, Solomon asked God to make provision for the people when they sinned. God God answered with four conditions for forgiveness. Humble yourself by admitting your sins. Pray to God asking for forgiveness. Seek God continually and turn from sinful behavior. True repentance is more than talk. It is changed behavior. Whether we sin individually as a group or a nation, following these steps will lead to forgiveness. God will answer our earnest prayers. 
That's great. I think repentance daily is so important. Yeah. Don't you? Uh, yeah. If I, I'm going to sin every day. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be things that I didn't know I sinned. You know, like we read and things I know I did. And repentant heart. Yeah. And to and just truly mean it. Yes. Not just as a uh, going through a motion. Right. And try and stop doing that sin. It may take a long time, mm -hmm. but at least you're you're headed that way. That's right. Yeah. Okay. First Kings chapter nine verses ten through fourteen. King Hiram of Tyre returns. He sent over men and supplies to aid Solomon in building the temple. After the temple was completed, King Solomon gave Hiram 20 towns in return. Hiram was not pleased with the quote-unquote less than pleasing towns, but still paid 9,000 pounds of gold for them. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for there? Um, when, was Solomon being unfair to Hiram? It is not clear for these verses, from these verses whether Solomon gave these towns to Hiram to Hiram, or they were co collateral until he could repay Hiram for the gold he had borrowed. Second Chronicles implies that the towns were returned to Solomon. In either case, Hiram probably preferred a place of land on the coast as more suitable for trade. The name he gave these cities is Kabul, which sounds like the Hebrew word for worthless. In the end, Hiram was repaid many times over through his trade partnership with Solomon. Because Phoenicia was on friendly terms with Israel and dependent on it, on it for grain and oil, Hiram's relationship with Solomon was more important than a feud over some cities. Is that how you say it, Hiram? I don't know. Oh, okay. We're just going to give everybody two choices. <laughs> yeah. And it said in our Bible right there, it's in parentheses, he had Hiram had previously provided all the cedar and cypress timber and gold that Solomon requested. Mm. So maybe he's thinking, look, I pat, but still, see, he, he's thinking of man there. Yeah. He's not thinking, I gave Solomon that, because more than likely it was for the temple, don't you think? Yeah, because we went over that last yeah. session. Yeah. So, nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you because I'm going to want something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there's there, there's man. There's yes, another amen. I mean, would we do the same? Probably. Yeah. We would hope not, but yeah. Moving to 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 15 through 28. It lists what Solomon had built throughout the land, what the people were assigned to do, and what Solomon presented as burnt offerings and also his ships. Yeah. Uh, any notes for there? At this time, Israel and Egypt were the major powers in the Near East. For many years, Egypt had retained control of Gezer, or Jezar, even though it was an Israelite territory. In Solomon's time, the Pharaoh gave the city to his daughter, whom Solomon married, putting Gezer under Israelite control. Intermarriage among royal families was common, but God didn't endorse it. There's strike one. Yes. Let's just pop that in our head. <laughs> Anything else for there? That's it. Okay, in the parallel verses, Second Chronicles chapter 8, verses 1 through 18, essentially the same. We get a little bit more detail. Was there anything that you wanted to add to that? His sin in marrying a former wife confirmed his slide away from God. 
No matter how good or spiritual we are in most areas of life, one unsurrendered area can be a downfall. Guard carefully every area of your life, especially your relationships. Don't give sin a foothold. No. I, and I, I, for me personally, I can say, oh, I'm pretty good right here. I'll be, that's going all right, but Lord, work me here. Yes. Like, I don't, don't have a hold and tell the day I die, I'm going to be saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, at one point, we also, um, somewhere it said, you know, or you had said, pray, pray to God and have him show you. Yeah. Where you're lacking. Yes. Where you're lacking, Lord, show me mm -hmm. what I can do, you know. And he'll he'll show you. Yeah. He'll 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 uh, make it apparent. Yeah. First Kings chapter ten verses one through thirteen, the Queen of Sheba was very curious about King Solomon, so she traveled to Jerusalem to question him, and she soon realized how wise he was. Would you mind reading chapter 10, verse 9, please? Sure. Praise the Lord your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isn't that... So, I, I can't oh, imagine no. like being any of the rulers around there and being like, Hold on. What's yeah. this Solomon all about? What's this all about? And they can't just call. Can no. you take a picture of him? Yeah, what's going on? It, like, is he yeah. the real deal? Yeah. Let's go question him. Yeah, let's load all this stuff up. <laughs> That's the thing, the loading. I just see it being just like a nosy neighbor. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Look over some, there. Pack some stuff. Let's go. Let's yeah. check it out. Let's go check it out. Yeah. Any notes for there? I do. Um, the queen of Sheba came to see for herself if everything she had heard about Solomon was true. Contests using riddles or proverbs were often used to test wisdom. The queen may have used some of these as she questioned Solomon. When she realized the extent of his riches and wisdom, she was overwhelmed and no longer questioned his power or wisdom. No longer a competitor, she became an admirer. Her experience was repeated by many kings and foreign dignitaries who paid honor to Solomon. Could you imagine? You're hanging out in your kingdom, right? You're King Solomon. You're like, oh, okay, Queen of Sheba's coming over. All right. And just constantly riddles and... Yeah. <laughs> like, you're in my place. Why are you giving me riddles? Yeah, and I'd say, just ask. Right. I mean, why a riddle? Yeah, who knew? I mean, Maybe I, to catch him off guard. I understand what's going on. I get it, but it just seems almost silly. It like, does. You know, like, all right, we're going to get him yeah. with this riddle. Listen, yeah, think some up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, funny. And the parallel verse was Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. It, essentially the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought. Did you have any notes for there? I just had something on 2 Chronicle 9, 8, but not the whole thing. It said, the good times show God's love and faithfulness, but hard times come to believers too. Our perseverance and steadfast hope during those times will demonstrate our love and faithfulness to God. And I thought about 
we are, I, I probably have already shared this through a hard time and I was reading my Bible and it said, in your hard, bad times, thank him for them. And that changed everything for me. Yeah. At 50, I'm 53 or 44 now. But that has changed the whole aspect of everything. But God didn't want me to know it till now. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. He, I needed to go through some things and it's like, you know what? A human needs very little, if we're honest. Yeah. Shall I have to go through some struggles to bring glory to Christ's name? So be it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not here. Is it's not here? I'm supposed to be comfortable. So, so be it. What I need to do for Him yeah. in the glory of His name. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. That just changed everything for me. So. You know, and that is interesting how he, um, you know, introduces concepts and and his word at different phases of our life. Yes, amen. And I maybe couldn't have heard it mm -hmm. or whatever. Then he knew. He knew when. Um, so because we could hear something, but can we? Did we really hear it? Right. And absorb it and mm. live by it. And, you know, um, another thing, I don't know why I feel to share this, but if you, if you're so at church for, or whatever, and you feel like I don't have no time, I can't, I cannot volunteer, I can't do this, God will make time for that. And he will bless you for doing that. I mean, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't have a lot of time, but. If you sit and think about it before you say yes or whatever, you're not going to do it. Because mm. the devil's going to get in there. And you will be more blessed than anything to do those things. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And the devil will get in there oh. and just tell you, nah, you don't have time. Nah, no. you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, at the end of every arm is a hand for helping. Oh, oh! There's my riddle, Solomon. Solomon, oh. what's at the end of every arm? <laughs> I mean, what riddle could it be? Don't know. I can think of some, but I'm not gonna say them. I because I could really get going on that, like myrrh and. <laughs> You know, I don't know, but it's not that simple, I'm sure. It's probably some really smart thing. Who did Queen of Sheba go to? Like, does she have a yeah. riddle maker? I want to know. Like, he, this makes no sense. Hear ye, riddle maker. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know. I don't know. I just took it to, go like... Go get the riddle yeah. maker. Hear ye, riddle maker. Provide me with your finest riddles. Well, they had those jesters, didn't they? Is that? I think we're in a different time period. I, were jesters around there? Were oh, is that yeah? Is that like Sir Lancelot times? Yeah. But they had something, and then remember the prophets. They would test. Yeah, true. Yeah. So maybe I don't ever. What if you really weren't one, and you thought you were, and you're like, well, there's that head chopped off because mm. they tested. I don't know what the riddles were. I'm going to ask. I'm going to look that up. Who's going to know? I don't know. Somebody will have something on it. All right. I'm going to check, check into that. I bet you could do a lifetime study you on could. riddles for Solomon. Yeah. 
What were the riddles they used? I just gave someone a book title. Riddles yeah. for Solomon. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it's not some rhyming riddle either. Like, I'm thinking of these rhyming things that yes. are busting me up, but it's not that. It's some intense, intentional question. Yes. See, I go straight to, so there's that, the hear you, hear you, but then I go to, like, um, The Hobbit, where oh. where Gollum is, is they're giving <laughs> riddles back and forth between, Fro no, not Frodo, Bilbo and Gollum. Oh. Because they they were just, that I'm just not going to get into it, yes. Well, there you go. Riddles in the dark. Riddles in the dark. <sighs> and the, I don't know. The riddle maker runs through town. Yeah. Here I come, Shiva. Yeah. Riddlemaker, we're leaving in one month. <laughs> I need them written down. You, you have X. You, you got to figure this out. Scribe. Yeah. We're gonna find out. Okay. Surely, on those papyrus papers or whatever, there had to be something that wasn't always so serious. Has to be. I mean, yeah. Like someone drew a stick man or something. Like ha ha or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wouldn't that be the bee's oh. knees? Someone one of these days finds an old papyrus, <laughs> and it's been carbon dated, so they know it's from that time. And it's just like a stick man. Yeah, see you, stick man. I see you. I saw you. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> Scientists oh. all over are like, what? What? They didn't know that. Well, apparently God did. Yeah. Okay, so the parallel verse, Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, essentially the same? Yes, I think so. Anything for there? No. Any notes? Okay, so First Kings chapter 10, verses 14 through 29. It was a breakdown of King Solomon's gold and silver and what they were used for. And then also the chariots and the horses. So it's kind of a breakdown of all that. Yes. Any notes? I don't have notes on that. I have all sorts of notes for there. How did okay. I get so many notes? Let's hear it. All right. When Solomon asked for wisdom, God promised him riches and honor as well. These verses show just how extensive his wealth became. No longer a second-rate nation, Israel was at the height of its power and wealth. Solomon's riches became legendary. Great leaders came from many nations to listen to Israel's powerful king. Jesus would later refer to, quote-unquote, Solomon in all his glory. And that's from Matthew 6, 29. Yes. I do have a note. Okay. Um, why does the Bible place so much emphasis on Solomon's material possessions? In the Old Testament, riches were considered tangible evidence of God's blessing. Prosperity was, as, prosperity was seen as a proof of right living. In the book of Ecclesiastes and Job... This concept is placed in a broader perspective. In ideal conditions, people prosper when God rules the, runs their lives, but prosperity is not guaranteed. Wealth does not prove that a person is living right before God, and poverty does not indicate sin. In fact, a greater evidence that a person is living for God is the presence of suffering and persecution. The most important treasure is not earthly but heavenly. The gift of greatest worth has no price tag. It is the gift of salvation freely offered by God. And that's the truth. Yes. 
Anything else? No. Okay, and then the parallel verse, Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 13 through 28. It's the same? Yeah, yeah that's what I had too. First Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 19. It was a list of King Solomon's high officials. I'm not really going to get into that. I mean, it's very important, but yeah, it's is there anything you wanted to go no. over there? I do. A good organization helps people work together in harmony and ensures that the desired goal will be re reached. So maybe that's a, you know, mm -hmm. they were organized. First Kings chapter 4, verses 20 through 34. King Solomon's people in Israel and Judah were comfortable. There was plenty of food and they lived in peace. God also made Solomon the wisest in the land so he could speak to anyone confidently. Solomon also composed around 3,000 proverbs and over 1,000 songs. Crazy. Anything for there? Throughout most of his reign, Solomon applied his wisdom well because he sought God. The fruits of this wisdom were peace, security, and prosperity for the nation. Solomon's era is often looked upon as the ideal of what any nation can become when united in its trust and obedience to God. Anything else? Um, the book of Proverbs records many of these 3,000 wise proverbs. Other biblical writings of Solomon include Psalm 72 and 127 and the book of Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Solomon's wisdom was known throughout the world. Friend, that's all I had. That's our end, huh? That's it. All right. It was very good. Yes. So let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website mybasicbiblestudy.com. You can find all of the uh, links to, um, to the podcast there. Next time, friend, we are going to be learning about Solomon's Proverbs. There we are. So we are going to be covering Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. Ah, love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to going over those. Me too. Was there anything else? No, I think that that's it. I love it. I do too. Best time of year. Love it. Yes. All right, friends. Thank you. Have a blessed week. Yes.